to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, and joining me as always is John. Hello. And was it my choice this week? It was your choice, yes, and also our first ever cliffhanger. Yeah. Listeners who listened to our episode last week might have heard that we did The Room, the uh, classic independent movie by Tommy Wiseau, Mm -hmm. and Harry opted to do a room spin-off that brings in Westworld and our film this week, which is The Truman Show. Yeah. So before we get into all that stuff, well, yes, we should talk about The Truman Show. Yeah, well, this really is one of my favourite movies Mm -hmm. because it's a great concept and I think it's really well executed. When did you first see it? Oh, I must have first seen it as a child. Yeah. So I guess I never had sort of any kind of shock reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Now, I've watched it again for this, obviously, and uh, it's the first time I've watched it in quite a while. Did you think that it kind of opens with what could have been a big twist in the middle of the film. Yeah. Like it, like it really could have just been this this weird world where Jim Carrey's just Jim Carreying about and you know, you don't really know what's going on. And it could have just been a massive twist in the middle of his whole life as a TV show. But I feel like they, they missed something there. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, that's true. Because I did feel watching... I've seen it before as well. Mm-hmm. But I did feel watching it that you're right, that they kind of jump into the big twist it's not even a twist but they jump into the concept so quickly like it literally opens well it opens with the scene you're talking about which is where they'd have the backstage interviews with the other actors yeah but then then the, the first scene with truman is the bit where the lighting rig falls down and crashes yeah yeah and again that feels like something that could happen midway through the film and be like not be your first real clue to what's going on i guess because the way the film was marketed it was the, the twist wasn't would never have been a twist but still i know what you mean I, it, it didn't occur to me but i think you're right that would have been in many ways, a better film because it kind of establishes its concept pretty quickly. Yeah, and then it has a lot of fun with it along the way, but it doesn't really keep you guessing in any way. It's just kind of you waiting for him to figure his way out of it. So there's there's no extra information provided after the first ten minutes. I don't think because what a twist it would have been. Yeah, it would have been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, yeah. What did you think of this film? Then? I really like it. I've seen because I, I know that you don't really like Jim Carrey. I don't. I have, but I totally accept that that's me. It's nothing to do with him. It's me. I have a real problem with physical comedy i just don't mm-hmm. his style of like hyper manic it's the same reason i don't find the comedian lee evans particularly funny you know, it's that mm. kind of thing where you're just like gurning and shouting and i can I'd appreciate the talent that goes into it but for me it's just hard to watch so films like the mask and, and ace ventura yeah i find really hard to watch i just find it annoying i like jim carrey better as part of an ensemble <clears throat> he was with, like for example batman forever <laughs> not a great film i know but i don't mind him so much there because he's bouncing off other actors who are doing other things yeah like compared to tommy lee jones doing harvey two-face it's quite a contrast but and he's not on screen all the time whereas most jim carrey films he's on on screen like all the time and he just kind of sucks all the oxygen out of the screen i think mm. and this one i didn't mind him actually because this he was a bit toned down in this there mm-hmm. were moments when he did annoy me but then I'd, I think you would need somebody with his kind of ability to do physical comedy for this film to work because so much of what happens is just him realising something without having anyone to bounce off. Mm. So you need somebody who presents internal feelings in a very external, physical, hyperactive kind of way. So I think he worked... Well. There, were a, there were a couple of occasions on this film that he did bug me. I felt like it was, oh, you, you're just being Jim Carrey again now. Do you think there's anybody else who could have played it? Well, there is one person, but I'm going to get to that in my sequel. <laughs> um, but at the time... No, because I, I think maybe somewhat... I'm trying to think of other physical comedians. I think mm. anyone you know, could have given it a good shot, but if you're going to do it in that kind of style... But I feel like people like Mike Myers, if anything, are even more mm-hmm. cartoonish than Jim Carrey. It would have mm-hmm. been hard to buy into. So, No, I, I think it was the perfect role for him. It's just that for me, even like, I definitely prefer him in Eternal Sunshine, where he's really, really not doing a Jim Carrey performance. Yeah, isn't he? So I just don't like Jim Carrey when he's being himself, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, but I, to- I think he did a really good performance in this film. 
I think it's just things that were obviously choices, but like his catchphrase at the end and in the beginning, his, mm-hmm. you know, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. And then he does the facial expression. He like gurns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And it just it just always pulls me out of it. Oh, I knew that, I'd know you. It did, it did. <laughs> the end is so emotional, you're going to get drawn in. And then I know it's kind of a cool sign off when he, he that's his big fuck you, mm-hmm. but it still just pulls you out of it a little bit because it, it just takes the emotion out and it's like. It's like the film doesn't dare to end on an emotional note. It has to end on a Jim Carrey like beat, and it just. I thought there was an emotional note. It was, it was very much he he has completely worked out that this is a TV show, so mm-hmm. he's worked out that what he has been saying is probably his catchphrase. Yeah. So he's going to use that as his way of just saying, "Well, fuck you, mm-hmm. I'm out." No, that's fair. And that's very fair. I felt like it, it really sort of showed that he had gained control. He was now in control of the world, and it wasn't Christoph anymore. Yeah. No, that that's entirely fair. But I, just for me, it's just one of those things that like bugs me. But mm. uh, just because it is very broad, mm-hmm. and some of the scenes in the car with Laurie Linney, I just found a little bit broad. But um, but no, on the whole, I thought he was very good. And who else would you have cast then, if not Jim Carrey? Ah, uh, Tom Cruise. That'd be interesting. He mm. can do like manic. Yeah. It, it would have been a very different kind of performance. It but, really would. Yeah. But yeah, I think that could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, it'd be, inter- it'd be interesting to see. Maybe Tom Cruise is too attractive for other. Maybe, I feel like yeah. Jim Carrey looks more like a, an everyman. Well, yeah, yeah they, that was the interesting thing as well, that they really pushed for him to be like an everyman. And I kind of... Well, that was the point of it, though, wasn't it? It is, yeah, but I thought... That this, well, the, thing, the other thing about this film is that watching it 20 years later, you kind of get a sense that... You really see that so much of this film was very prescient because mm-hmm. reality television has got to a stage now, almost, you know. It's not that far removed from this. You know, there are people now like the Kardashians, mm-hmm. you know, who do basically have their entire lives played out on camera and the only difference is that they're aware of it and they're part. I was about to ask do you think they're aware of it well yes of course they're very <laughs> much complicit in their own you know so in a lot of ways this film did kind of predict the future of reality television but then what, I think what it missed was this for me this sense of having, being someone who is, is familiar with the current kind of mm-hmm. reality television world is that it's not very sensational while people want to watch somebody doing Although, actually, now that I think about it, the Kardashians don't do anything interesting, are they? No, they don't. <laughs> oh, okay, I've taught myself out of that argument now. Yeah, yeah. But look at Big Brother. True, it's but... just, but, here's some people living in a house. Mm-hmm. But, the, but Big Brother really ramps up conflict, where you get the sense that mm. a lot of the Truman Show, they're trying to avoid conflict. They're just literally having a guy with the most boring, mundane job in the world. He sells insurance. Like, like how is that watchable for people? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Well, maybe that's the statement it's making, again. It's like the people will literally watch people do the most boring thing in the world, but if it's on mm-hmm. television, they'll be interested in it, so... Okay, I've taught myself out of that criticism. That's good. Um, <laughs> I found myself thinking a lot about the internal logic of this film. Yeah. And obviously it's a satire, so you don't want to get too nitpicky with it. But, like, for example, why would they even teach him the concept of travel? I have thought about this before and gone down this whole train of thought. And why would they teach him the concept of that world map that, that they show him in the classroom at one yeah. point? And, well, then I thought, well, if he doesn't know that, then the world becomes more and more alien. And so viewership is just not going to it's not gonna stick around. People want to see just your average guy in the world that they all know and love. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to do it on Earth, if you're not going to do it, if, you, if you're only going to do it in this one place that's a small place, then people aren't really going to associate with it. Yeah, I think that's fair. It may as well just be set on a different planet, the sci-fi. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. So if you don't teach him about flight, if you don't teach him about travel, then it's much easier to keep him in his little world, which seemed like it would be the easier thing to do. But yeah, I guess you're right once again. If you do that, it's really hard to then keep a sense of any kind of reality to it. Mm. One thing I loved about this film, what was brilliant was the way they did advertising and product placements. Oh yeah. So clever and yeah, so funny. Right? The way people would pin him up against a billboard just to get him in, in the right frame. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and obviously Laura Linney just constantly advertising things and he's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. Why do 
about you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua, no artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I've tasted other Cocos. This is the best. And I like the way that that was her defense mechanism as well. Whenever things got too real, she'd start advertising something desperately just to, yeah. and, <laughs> just to try and like to divert the conversation away from anything. I really liked her character a lot. She played that so well, that kind Didn't of she, yeah. very phony, plastic, kind of slightly desperate. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated her eerily perfect hair that changed from shot to shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> she had a different hairstyle every scene, but it was always like eerily perfect, like mm-hmm. for, a, for like a housewife, you know, just mm-hmm. again, because it's this idea that she's just, you know, Married to this guy, you know, in the normal world, she'd, you know, she'd be quite relaxed, but she's never relaxed. That was, I imagined, like, what's her life outside the show? Does she, know, does, she yeah. have, does she have one? Because yeah. she has to sleep with him. She has to. I imagine I got this sense that she doesn't sleep with him very often, mm. but she obviously does occasionally because mm. I'm the, the trying for a baby and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, the, the levels of deception. Which would be weird. Like, imagine living the rest of your life with somebody, but you can't tell them that they're living in a TV show. Mm hmm. And that you are just a paid actor. Did you know that since this film came out, it has been defined as a medical condition now? Such really? As, it's called Truman Syndrome or something. Wow. There have been medical examples now, very much a symptom of the modern world, where people become delusional in the belief that they are the subject of a TV show and everything around them is ffolk. Mm. And it's it's happened. It's not just one or two. It's like it's, it's there's at least five or six or seven like known cases of people who who have manifested this kind of delusion probably based on maybe having seen this film or just you mm-hmm. know the, or just the way the world is now this kind of so it's, it's really interesting wow yeah so very impressive mm. impressive wrong word yeah. who was your favorite character ah you always catch me off guard with this question <laughs> well, i ask it every week you think you'd be used to it by now yeah. um i think my favorite character was truman's best friend oh yeah oh i really hated him <laughs> i mean i mean he was great but I, I hated him because he was so eerily like you know he, he was the one that above anybody else i don't know why i was just thinking he's such a dickhead yes i think it's because laura linney's character was obviously phony yeah whereas he was so sincere it became really sinister yeah he really played it well and it just made it super super sinister it was like that scene after when laura linney leaves when truman accuses her and mm-hmm. she has that meltdown she's it's not professional and he's t- he's like talking truman off the ledge and he's you know referring back to their like 20 year friendship and he's like you know mm. if everything's fake then that means i'm fake it was so sinister and cruel because they have had this 20 year friendship it obviously doesn't mean anything to him point is i would gladly step in front of traffic for you truman the last thing that i would ever do is lie to you i mean think about it truman if, if everybody is in on it I'd have to be in on it too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing this film does very well is that it's funny. It's a satire. It's a comedy, but it does have really chilling elements that genuinely make you think, oh, I don't like that at all. Like mm. that is a, yeah, horrible. But yeah, that's why I think he's my favorite character. Yeah. He's the most compelling. I love the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, always. Yeah. And then of course there's uh, Ed Harris in his black turtleneck of villainy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. He played his part really well. He did, with the beret and everything. Mm. I also really love... I love any film featuring actors in their like, late 30s or, or older that also feature a high school flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Always great fun. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey and Laura Linney, both you know, pushed, staring into the harsh glare of their 40s when making this film, <laughs> both dressed up as like 17-year-olds in, in, in high school. Mm-hmm. So funny. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> who, was the, who was the girl, by the way? The oh, mystery woman. The, the actress is called Natasha McElhone. I can never pronounce her name. Natasha McAloney, I think. Or uh-huh. I apologise if anyone knows of her. Yes, yeah, she's... For some reason going into this film, because like I said, it's been a while 
uh, since I watched it. Now, I knew it wasn't Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. but I was just I, I'm sure this is Kate Winslet. I just remember this being Kate Winslet. I think it's because of watching Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. That, you got crossed over. Yeah. And like I, I knew that it wasn't. I knew I knew it was going to be somebody else, but well, I'm pretty sure Natasha McElhone is English as well in real life. So yeah. I think, yeah, she's kind of in the same sphere. Obviously not as famous. Well, maybe as they know each other if they're both English. Yeah, all English. Well, we, we know them both, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Very close friends with Kate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'd forgotten how little she does in this film. Because I've not seen this film in full in about 10 years either. For some reason, I remember that she saves him. But actually, she doesn't. She doesn't do anything. No. She's just... Obviously, in the she has the scene in the high school scene where he is attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to tell him the truth. And then they're separated. And then there's this... You see her watching TV, and you, there's the scene where she calls up and speaks to Kristoff, mm-hmm. Ed Harris's character. But she doesn't actually impact the plot at all. She yeah. just she's kind of a nothing character, which I thought was a little bit disappointing. But then I suppose Truman had to rescue himself. It would have been yeah, it's his story, not hers. Yeah. Now, drumming ahead a little. Have you done a sequel, by the way? Yes. Okay, good because I really want to know what happens when, as soon as he steps out of that door because he's got to sort of find his way through this weird studio thing and get out, and then. I'm just wondering, are those two going to meet? Because she was just running downstairs in her apartment or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to disappoint you. None of those things are really oh. mentioned in my sequel. I'll, I'll, well, we'll get to my sequel because there's, okay. there's a couple more things I want to talk about. Okay. First of all, again, this goes back to the first scene with the lighting rig falling down. It feels like such a shoddy operation, the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you get that sense too? There was so, it was, considering it had been running for like 35, 36 years, I've already supposed mm-hmm. to be. Like, the amount of things that go wrong, constantly. And then being on the beach and the rain went wrong. Yeah, yeah. It that just... was kind of comedy at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. You'd think that would drive you insane. You'd get Maybe that's the point that mm. it's supposed to be like that. And again, it, that's why he never is quite sure. Those are the things that I think would have been good to then build up to a, to a twist, a big yes. reveal. There's yeah, like, like why is that? Yeah, 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 why does that building go to nowhere? Why does it look like a set? Why does that lift yeah. not open up? Yeah, exactly. That would have been, that would have been a really good film. Yeah. I mean, this is a really good film. It, yeah, it definitely is. Missed but... opportunity there. Oh, just imagine that twist. Mm-hmm. I was a little puzzled by the flashback scene. Okay, which one? Well, the flashback when you see him looking at the picture that's made up of pictures of different women, and it's just, oh, yeah. he's trying to recreate. Nat- I don't know what the character's called, but Natasha McAlone's face. Uh-huh. And then it goes, and then they do. The people watching TV see him have a memory flashback. Mm. How do they know what he's thinking, and how do they like line that up so quickly? Like, well, it's pretty pretty obvious what he's thinking. I guess she's got a memory to her, and they they've only got one on film, so so they just keep. Cu- I guess maybe they just cut to that scene constantly. Yeah, yeah. But then I kind of thought, like, why would the producers want to remind the audience about her because she's kind of a rogue element who nearly brought the show down, and she's not cooperative. It's true. You'd think they'd want to like bury her. Like, yeah, but what are they going to do at that point? What are they going to show when he's just staring at a picture of her? Well, I was thinking a lot of the film. And he's clearly be. got this secret romance to yeah. her. Just let, let him have that secret romance. It's mm. never going to happen. Maybe, but I mean, what do they show when he's masturbating? Who says he masturbates? How, why wouldn't he masturbate? Never learned the concept. I'd... It's like saying I know, I mean, it's I mean, like saying you'd never poo. You know, you just do it. Well, at some point, you do it. It's not a. Thing to be fair, that... what, they didn't say what you show what they show when he's using the loo. True. Well, there's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things like that. I just kind of ask. I think. What, what, what do the viewers see? Because they did mention that when they have sex, that they turn the camera away. Yeah. So I guess they do the same when he's yeah when he's wanking and when he's when he's shitting. Just <laughs> again, that wouldn't make for great television. But no. <laughs> somebody would get off on watching it. I guess. <laughs> I often have thoughts like that watching reels like this. I always think of like the I go to the I don't know the basest place. <laughs> but I feel like if the show was made today, mm-hmm. they would definitely show them fucking, hundred percent. Yes, yeah. That that that's that was one thing in which I think in today they would definitely do that. Like, mm. no. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, the quality of TV these days. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, any other thoughts on this film? No, I've got nothing. Okay, well, good choice. I really like this film. It was a pleasure to go back to it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't say it's in a potential top 10 of all time for me, but it's definitely a film that I think is very, very good. And yeah. I've I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I enjoyed rewatching it. So cool. So shall I go first? Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So yeah, as I say, I've done a sequel and I'm called mine, The Truman Show 2, The Unreal World. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And so the the year is 2017, so it's twenty roughly 20 years after the events of the original film. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, the original film ends with Truman leaving. I mean, I think the original film was set in like a, a distant future. Oh, wait, that's interesting. I just thought it was set in a nothing kind of... Like yeah, it was but, set but, in but, then, but then the world they built was like a 70s world. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was hard to say. Well, I just assumed it was set in the 90s and then just mm-hmm. in a version of the 90s where that had happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, well, to be fair, 2017 isn't relevant to this. This isn't like, like current events. So it's 20 years after the events of the original film, whatever year that might be. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Truman Show ended when he left. Mm. Uh, but as it turned out, that show was actually only the first and most popular of what turned out to be a franchise of spin-offs around the world. Because mm-hmm. there's one thing we know about reality TV, if something goes well, it has a million spin-offs. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, in the US, there is a second version of the show called The Carol Show. Okay. And this is the longest running spin-off of The Truman Show. It, it, it launched roughly 10 years into The Truman Show. The show was a big hit, so they decided mm-hmm. to launch a spin-off with a woman called The Carol Show. So, And the exact same thing happened. A, ba- a baby girl was, you know, kidnapped, bought, whatever happened, mm-hmm. and bought. was born. And she <clears throat> she is the protagonist of this, and she's now grown up, and she is the star of The Carol Show. Mm-hmm. The Carol Show is still set in Sea Haven, just for budget reasons, they put the both in the same place. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that when Tr- on the day Truman escaped, the night when they did all the sun goes up, sun goes down, let's say they sedated her or something, just, you know. Because that could have happened off screen. It mm-hmm. just wasn't mentioned in the film. Sure, yeah. So she's there. So Carol is going to be played by Melissa McCarthy. Right. Because I think, who can do, you said who can do physical comedy like yeah. Jim Carrey? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. If they remade this film today. That's good casting. Melissa McCarthy could do it very well. And so she is a successful marketing director in Sea Haven, obviously, with a loving husband, two children, and a very active social life. Unfortunately, you know, this, this show, like this version of the show, you know, the Truman Show and now the Carol Show, has been running for like 40 years. And people are bored of it, you know, and the ratings have gone well down mm-hmm. since it kind of peaked when original Truman left. And now it's just become a bit of a shadow of its former self. Uh, so this has forced the producers to resort to ever more desperate measures to kind of keep the show interesting and to kind of try and boost ratings and be more sensational. Mm-hmm. And it's still Christoph in charge, basically, Ed Harris's character. He's yeah. still very much the puppeteer pulling the strings and all of this, but he's got more and more desperate and more and more kind of megalomaniacal over the years. Mm-hmm. So instead of just following somebody now living this kind of very mundane life like Truman was, there's a public vote element now. Mm-hmm. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. So basically whenever anything happens, the viewers can use an app to kind of vote, do an instant vote on what, how they want the characters to react or what they want to happen next. Right. So it might be, does Carol's husband have an affair? Or you know, does a tree fall on, on Carol's yard? Or, oh, so see, just, yeah. just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And then the audience would vote yes or no or mm-hmm. react, react, or how, how they want people to react, etc. So I kind of think really good comedy could come out of that. Because mm-hmm. you could have the characters, obviously they're hearing in an earpiece or something, you know, in the middle of having to like live a life, they're being mm-hmm. told what to do and they're getting instant kind of reactions mm-hmm. for how they t- react to certain scenes. So there's going to be lots of awkward pauses and bad acting and mishearing things and that kind of thing. So yeah. I feel like there's lots, lots of comedy you can have for uh-huh, that. Yeah. Um, but then as we open this film, Christoph, Ed Harris's character, is introducing his latest attention-grabbing twist to kind of boost these ratings, which is still really, really low. So he's decided that a supporting character from Carol's life is going to be killed off. Right. And basically the public are going to use the, use the app to rate each of the supporting cast members over the course of a few weeks. And whoever proves the least popular will be killed off. Right, okay. But the twist is, because this world has gone to such a kind of dark reality TV kind of place, that whoever loses the vote and gets killed off gets killed off for real. 
What gets murdered? Yeah, the actor dies too. So oh, it's man. Really, yeah, it's really Hunger Games style. Okay, like, okay. Yeah. So, so this is kind of like a mix of Hunger Games and maybe Black Mirror. Do you remember the episode of Black Mirror with the girl from Jurassic World, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? Uh, where she has to be. We watched it together. It's the one where she's trying to get the five-star rating. Ah, uh, yeah. And everyone's racing and she gets really desperate. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of inspired by that, where mm-hmm. the supporting characters know what's going to happen. So they're obviously shitting themselves. Because what... There was an episode of Doctor Who where they did Big Brother. Mm-hmm. But whenever somebody gets evicted, they get killed. Okay. So, it sounds quite similar to that. Yeah, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, so I'm not, I've not stolen but that. But reality TV, where everybody knows they're all, they're all one yeah. by one going to die. Yeah. Apart from one person. Yeah. Okay, so clearly this isn't the most original idea I've ever had, but I still think it's entertaining. <laughs> also, there's Meow Meow Beans on the community as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so all the supporting characters are aware of what's going to happen, and that makes them increasingly desperate. So now they're all trying to prove themselves like as likeable as possible to try and mm-hmm. not be the one who loses the vote. So again, I think there's a lot of fun in that, how they're going to crack under the pressure and going to be super, super desperate. So for Carol, for her entire life, the world has kind of literally revolved around her, like it did for Truman. Like everyone was just focused on her. And now it's gone hyped up to a next level where everyone's so desperate to please her. Because they feel like if they make her like them, the audience will like them too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everyone's just being super, super nice and obsequious to Carol all the time. And she begins to get a bit suspicious. But... Unlike Truman, Carol doesn't start to suspect that the world is trying to control her. Mm-hmm. She starts to believe that she controls the world ah. because everything she wants to happen is happening. Okay. And it's kind of, you know that scene where Truman gets out onto the road and he's like stop the, stopping the cars, mm-hmm. putting his hands out? It's kind of that. I thought actually that you would get kind of a God complex if mm. you've got this sense that for your entire life, whatever you wanted to happen would happen and the world would revolve around mm-hmm. your desires. So again, so it's going to be similar to the original, that, that scene, I think, where we're going to have lots of scenes of her like stopping traffic and making ridiculous demands of people and just get whatever she wants because everyone's just like, Carol must get what she wants. Mm-hmm. So she starts starting that. She starts taking really stupid risks in, for, in everything. She starts shoplifting. Mm-hmm. She, just, she just starts really living wild because her life seemingly has no consequences. Mm. So anyway, as her delusions start to grow, she becomes like a, an adrenaline junkie. So every, everything she does to rebel works out. So she, she has to go pushing it to further and further extremes, basically. Yeah. So eventually she decides to take the ultimate test of her own importance immortality by robbing a bank mm-hmm. so she t- takes her husband's gun which is i think going to be one of the things that he advertises heavily mm-hmm. in the he's gonna be like laura linney style all right yeah so he's gonna be like going shooting with his gun all the time like put it into frame being like you know smith and wesson she'll never get up yeah. why don't you let me fix you some of this new mococo drink so it'll be that kind of thing yeah so she takes the gun she just strolls into her local bank no, no mask on just completely and just demands all the money mm-hmm. and everyone's obviously forced to cooperate so, you know, they start handing over the money. However, Christoph, Ed Harris, back in his control room, he senses an opportunity here because he, he's a bit concerned that Carol's starting to, you know, he's like, where's this going to end? You know, mm-hmm. Carol's starting to get a little bit hard to control. Mm-hmm. So he decides what will be really fun will be to have kind of a courtroom drama plot line where yeah, Carol actually okay. does get charged and arrested and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, that's good TV. So he decides to call her bluff and have her arrested. So several of the police actors, you know, storm the building and it becomes like a standoff, a police standoff situation. Mm-hmm. However, the police aren't police officers, they're extras. So they're completely <laughs> untrained for this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So they demand that Carol stands down, but because they're so untrained, one of them panics and actually fires on her. Mm. But they're all shooting blanks. But the only person with a real gun is Carol mm-hmm. because they want no risk whatsoever that anyone's going to harm the talent. Mm-hmm. So none of them have real guns. Once they realise that, that they're all shooting blanks, she then fires back with her real gun, and which is loaded, and a bloody gunfight ensues, and Carol ends up killing three police officers and a bank teller. <laughs> And fleeing the bank with the cash, basically. Wow. So then uh, we cut back to the control room and Christoph's like watching the monitor. He's like, wow, that could have gone better. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously in this day and age, though, people dying for the sake of entertainment isn't that scandalous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're killing people off anyway. So Mm -hmm. 
the situation still backfired. The show's already got low ratings, and now they've got to pay off all the families of these poor extras who've been killed, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's going to cost a lot of money to sort this out. And also, due to this kind of psychopathic behaviour, Carol's own popularity has plummeted to such a level that the person losing the poll for who should be killed off on the show is Carol. <laughs> How was she in the poll? Well, they didn't think this through. So. <laughs> People have done write-in votes or something. She's just super hated now. Also, in what world would, some, would somebody hate somebody like that? Everyone would hate her. She's a monster. There's nothing likable about this character. Why would you think people would like her? That would be watched. That would definitely be watched. It'd be so watchable, but you'd you'd love to hate her. Well, yeah. People would want to see the downfall. Like I said, I love the bad guys. Yeah, I say, yeah. But most people, like, still want the bad guy to get some cuppance. They're just, like, watching them. True. They don't root for the bad guy. Mm. Maybe you do, you psychopath, but... Surely you've watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, but I didn't root for him to win. At the end, I was kind of, like, you know, hoping Skylar would, you know... Mm. You know, Jesse, he's kind of an anti-hero, but he's not because he's got mm. some compassion, you know. Whereas Walt, by the end, is kind of a monster. I get true, that. true. You know, when Walt kills... Uh, but, uh, let's, not spoil, let's not spoil Breaking Sorry, okay. When Walt kills his performance, <laughs> he's so good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, Carol is now the least popular character on her own show. Okay. Which is never good. And even, even with this massively dramatic bank robbery plotline, multiple people getting shot... The show is still getting killed in the ratings by the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> People would still rather watch that oh. than this. So, and T- totes true. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the world. So, and now that there's all these like expensive settlements with the families of the killed extras, coming going to have to be paid out. So that's going to cost mm-hmm. the, the company millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the network is now right on the verge of pulling the plug and cancelling the whole show. So Christoph's obviously desperate to keep control of his creation at all costs. So he just comes up with one final idea: the ultimate, the Truman Show All Star Edition. In this much-hyped kind of spin-off from the main show, contestants from versions of the Truman Show all over the world, because mm-hmm. it's been franchised out all mm-hmm. over the world, are, are all going to be pulled together onto a mysterious island uh, where viewers are then going to kind of vote them out one by one while subjecting them to kind of humiliating tasks. Okay. So it's kind of a, a mix between uh, The Hunger Games and Celebrity... I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Celebrity Love Island, all yeah, those kind yeah. of shows, yeah. And the winner will be crowned the ultimate reality star and will earn their freedom, basically. So <laughs> And the others... They die. They get killed off. Yeah, it's the last one standing situation. Right. Okay. Uh, and best of all, the show's going to be hosted by the original reality TV superstar, Truman Burbank, Jim Carrey. W- why would he do that? Well, okay. because... So, so actually, I, I have come up with some kind of backstory for what happened to Truman next, and it's this. So as it turns out, you know, the years after the show haven't been particularly kind to Truman. Mm. He kind of really struggled to adjust to the outside world, you know, because he's used to living in this situation where he's the constant centre of attention. Mm-hmm. And now he's not. So he broke up with Sylvia... I remembered her name. Natasha McClellan's character is called Sylvia. Mm-hmm. He broke up with her. He ended up with major drug and alcohol problems. And he's kind of a classic celebrity burnout. And ironically, he's now a regular face on kind of really low-rent celebrity, like reality TV. Right. He's out to, just to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So he's been on Celebrity Love Island. He's been fired by Donald Trump on The Apprentice. <laughs> he's been on Celebrity Big Brother. He's been on The Biggest Loser. He's been on everything. Mm-hmm. Just anything to kind of stay in the spotlight. And just, mm-hmm. So he's a real, like, Z-list celebrity at this point. <laughs> But because he's got this connection to the original show, this is kind of a big comeback opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. So he's more than happy to take the role. And so then we're going to, as I say, we're going to get this reality TV show now that's kind of a mix between The Hunger Games and Celebrity, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, and with a little bit of Lost in there too. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that Melissa McCarthy, uh, Carol is, after after robbing the bank, she decides to, her husband tells her that she should fly out to Fiji, let's say. Yeah, like, yeah. Call back to the original. Yeah. And hide out for a while. But then they engineer like a plane crash where she ends up stranded on this island. And suddenly there's the only other people who have also been tricked into coming to this island are Truman Show people from around the world. Did they all crash planes together? Yeah, why not? They all just... Maybe a lot of them were on the same flight. Well, that wouldn't make sense. 
I don't know. They all got tricked to get that. Maybe some, some of them were on a cruise. The, the producers pulled some strings. They all ended up, don't question this. this is, it's plot mechanics. So, so they're all stuck on this island, and it's kind of like a Hunger Games situation. And Jim Carrey, Truman, is kind of playing the role that Stanley Tucci plays in The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like the presenter, and he's kind of interacting with them, and he's just really obnoxious. And, mm-hmm. So that's him. I like the idea of all these different like international Truman show characters. So there's like Swedish Truman, and Spanish Truman, Dutch Truman, and yeah. Iranian Truman, South African Truman. South African Truman's going to be funny. Uh, I just I love the accent. And obviously all these people have massive problems and social issues. Just a lifetime of having the world revolve around them and not knowing why. Yeah. It, all, it actually becomes kind of like the Hunger Games in reverse because whereas in the Hunger Games you've got these like characters with massive survival skills. In this version, because they've been so ridiculously coddled their entire life and they've lived in this kind of bubble of privilege and protection, half of them die within the first 24 hours just from like walking into trees and walking off buildings <laughs> and stuff because they've got no sense of how to survive. Yeah. But anyway... Some of them do manage to survive and thrive. And one of the Trumans is a teenage girl from France mm. called Destiny, for no reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's going to be played by Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. A, as a callback to The Hunger Games. Mm. And B, because I don't know if Jennifer Lawrence has ever done accent work. I like the idea of Jennifer Lawrence doing a really thick French accent. I think she'd have to be really good or really bad, but either way it would be great. Clearly mine is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she could do better than that. She does, she does have an Oscar. Um <laughs> And unlike many of the other Trumans, she is strong, she's compassionate, she's resourceful. Much, she's very much Katniss Everdeen style. Mm-hmm. That is that kind of character. And she instantly becomes a huge hit with the viewers because she is, overcomes all the challenges that are thrown at her and mm-hmm. she protects the weaker Trumans. She's just kind of, she's a heroine. Mm-hmm. Carol, on the other hand, becomes a monster, even mm-hmm. more so. And she quickly declares herself kind of empress of the island. And she <laughs> establishes her own band of minions from kind of the, among the weaker and more impressionable Trumans. So I think she's got a lot of the Trumans from like the, the micro states and the smaller countries. Yeah. Like, you know, Belgian Truman, Liechtenstein Truman, Moldovan Truman, you know. So, yeah, so it's ultimately the island ends up split into two camps. You've got Team Carol and Team Destiny. And so the weeks go on and the two teams keep kind of picking each other off and the challenges keep going through. So more, more and more keep dying. And throughout it all, Kristoff and the producers are kind of introducing more elements to make it sensational. So like they release a wild bear onto the island, for example, and some get eaten by the bear and mm. maybe they unleash a plague onto the island and maybe some wild deadly bees get, you know, I just want lots of, you know, comedy drama with that kind of, you know, ridiculous various ways for these poor Trumans to die, basically. Yeah. And ultimately Carol and Destiny are going to be the last two survivors. Classic Hunger Games style, they're the final two standing. And so in a big, in a big finale, the producers demand that they fight to the death and the winner will then be crowned, you mm-hmm. know, Truman show all stars and will then earn their freedom, basically. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is I really want to see a scene of Melissa McCarthy and Jennifer Lawrence like fighting to the death, like throwing down. I think that'd be very, very funny. Okay, so is this going to be like a physical fight? Or oh, yeah. Weapons or what? Both. Weapons, physical, you know, punching, kicking. Are they going to be fun. given weapons or is it makeshift? Like... The, I think there's a mix of both. So they might have some crossbows and stuff and they might also have some like makeshift kind of stuff. Mm. But ultimately they just engage in this massive fight and it's very long and bloody. But ultimately neither of them can really get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, they kind of, they have to pause for breath and Destiny, the Jennifer Lawrence character kind of, she's like, time out, time out, time out. She's like, why are we doing this? You know, I'm sick of fighting for other people's entertainment. All my life, I've lived my life for other people's entertainment because mm-hmm. they've both figured out now what the game is. Yeah. So she's like, this is, we shouldn't be fighting each other. The real enemy is the TV producers out there shamelessly manipulating us. And then she like does this long, inspiring speech to the camera. Mm-hmm. She's like looking directly into the camera addressing the viewers directly saying, don't buy into this. This is, you know, this is cruelty. It's, you know, it's, it's manipulative it's it, this isn't the real world watch better things you know and so the whole world is really moved 
It's just like the individual film. You get this, you know, the camera cuts right onto a close-up of her face. Mm-hmm. You see the she the flash to all the audiences watch. So maybe you get back to that man in the who's always in the bath. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where, like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe those two old women are still alive. Mm-hmm. They're still watching the pub. You know, mm-hmm. you get the whole world watching. You know, Jennifer Lawrence give a big Jennifer Lawrence end of Hunger Games. You know, mm-hmm. emotional speech. It's deeply moving. Unfortunately. While she's giving this speech, Carol uses the distraction to pick up a giant stick. And just as Jennifer Lawrence is finishing her big speech, Carol whacks over the head and kills her. Just looking <laughs> to the head. And then declares herself the winner of the game. Instantly becoming the most hated woman on the planet, even more so. <laughs> so then we end the film with Carol being crowned the winner in a big, you know, mm-hmm. big, big award ceremony. And then, you know, everyone's booing and throwing things at her. But she's like, fuck it, I won, I don't care. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, this is then the credits roll, and then we get a nice. I think we should get a post-credit scene of Carol's kind of post-celebrity life. Like, I think we should see her on like on big on something like Loose Women or mm-hmm. you know, The View for American listeners. You know, releasing a terrible ch- terrible single. You know, maybe becoming a star of Real Housewives of Sea Haven. You know? <laughs> just just I, again, I want to having this like really low rent celebrity mm-hmm. life after the show. Just to, just to kind of to comment on the fact that reality TV never never you know they never go away. They just keep circling the drain and circling the drain. Yep. And yeah, then that's it. Maybe there's another sequel in the works, maybe not, but that is my spin-off to the Truman Show. Oh, I liked it. That was mm-hmm. very good. Any questions? Uh, not any questions. I'm glad that you sort of crossed it over with Hunger Games a little bit. Mm-hmm. Took some ideas there because they're very very similar things. Yeah. Um, I thought I like the casting of Melissa McCarthy best. Yeah. I really think she in many ways is this generation's Jim Carrey. Mhm. She's not as crazy, but she's you know she's very much a physical comedian. She kind of does a lot of silly comedies like that. They're good, but you know they're they're very much that style of you know one woman show kind of things almost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be her. So mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my idea I've called the Truman Show Trial and Error. Okay. So this is the second part of uh, of my last week idea. Which I like to give the viewers a quick recap of what. The yeah. First part so was. last week uh, we did the room, and so I did an idea called West Room. Mm-hmm. Um, where it turns out that the all the events of the room are just a story made up. There's robots acting. It's very much like Westworld. And there was a big red herring in my idea that it was going to be bought by Anthony Hopkins and turned into Westworld. But last minute, we have Christoph, played by Ed Harris, coming in and just saying, nah, I'm having this, and buys it and turns it into the Truman Show. That was the to be continued. Oh, okay. So, so this in fact, is... the, sorry, sorry. So in fact, the room, the room that we saw was actually a prequel to the Truman Show. Yes. He just bought the concept. He bought the concept. Now he's going to make it into the Truman Show. And is that are you going to? I've got some questions, but I'm wondering if you're going to answer them in your prequel. In your okay. Story, so, so yeah, I'm. What happens in mine? It is set between that and the start of the Truman Show. Okay. Then go. Okay. So obviously, we'll pick up from last week's prologue. Christoph by the West Room. Off Jodie Foster, I think it was. Yeah. Whatever. Is she coming back? Nah. No, she's done. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So he decided he's going to build something big. He's not so happy with all his past projects because they've all ended at some point. Yeah. Nothing's been sort of ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he wants to create something that's going to last and that's going to be, you know, his child. Yeah. So he did like the idea of West Room, um, which he bought with Jodie Foster, but it's quaint. He said it's like comparing a Ferris wheel to Disneyland. Okay. So he wants bigger, he wants better. He wants a TV show that's going to capture the entire world. Everybody's going to be watching it. So he knows that he can create an entire world, but he needs to know what he can do to make it interesting. Because things like even The Simpsons that got cancelled after season 49, after decades of viewer disappointment. Is, oh, is this in the future then? Yes. yes. Oh, okay, right. So I'm, I'm glad The Simpsons had an end point. Yeah, Simpsons cancelled. Cancelled, yeah. Mm. Oh, so it didn't have a conclusion. Yeah, season 49... Did you pick that just because it's so close to 50? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what season are they up to now? Ooh, getting 30, I think. 
So like, not, not too I far. I think they're 30 this year. Is this the first year of year? Wow, yeah. okay. Do you reckon they'll get to 49? Maybe. I just think the actors will die. 19 years? I reckon they'll start bringing in some new people soon. Do you think they could really replace Dan Castellaster and Tank Azaria? Depends if the money's involved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, anyway, anyway continue. Sorry. So he, Christoph's thinking, right, okay, he needs to be good. He needs to keep going. What can I do? Well, write what you know. Mm-hmm. So he decides that he's going to create a fake Hollywood. Okay. Um, he's going to put it, in fact, right behind the Hollywood sign. <laughs> and what it's going to be is it's going to be something where people can come in and just play anybody they want. Anybody can be a director. He can be a screenwriter. Anything you want. So he's thinking, okay, well, yeah, I've got money, but that is a big idea. I don't have the money for that. So I need to, I need to find somebody who can who can fund this. Mm-hmm. Now he is a very a very rich man already. He's got a lot of big connections, even connections with secret organisations. Okay. Maybe secret organisations run by Denzel Washington. Oh, oh, wow! We're having a double crossover. So yeah, if you remember the company I made up. Big Daddy Corp. I've, I've been waiting so long for Big Daddy's back. <laughs> yes! Oh. <laughs> please continue. And please say Big Daddy as many times as you care to. <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he rings up Big Daddy Corp. And who picks up the phone? The Big Daddy himself, Dental Washington. And so he describes the idea and says, right, well, I need I need funding for this. And Dental's like, well, what's in it for us? Mm-hmm. And Christoph, who is an equally strong and intimidating man who can talk to somebody like Denzel like this he says well this is going to be the most successful business venture in the history of mankind I can do it with you or I can do it without you mm-hmm. sold okay. says Denzel mm-hmm. <laughs> cut to six years later okay they've built it it's there behind the Hollywood sign we get a bit of a bit of a helicopter view of it it's coming in and we zoom in through the main entrance and in one of the buildings there's there's a party happening it's the opening party mm-hmm. And so all along one wall, we've got uh, all the robots from the room. So we've got Johnny, we've got Lisa, and whoever else there was. And they're all there, they're sort of on show. They're not moving about, they're just like, this is where we came from. <laughs> These were our grim beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> How far we've come. Yeah. Um, and I just need to get myself a little prop. A prop? You know, not this isn't a visual format that we're no, working no, with. No, 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 I need a glass of drink. Oh, okay. Oh, whoa, whoa, careful. You're hearing the sound of Harry dismantling my kitchen. And so the chinking of glasses. Like that. Oh, wow. This is an almost high-tech episode ever. I know. <laughs> prop work. Actual prop. Sound effect work. And Christoph steps up onto the stage. There's some curtains in the back of the stage. You're not going to do a sound effect for him walking up the stairs to the stage, no? No. No. Bash some coconuts together or something. <laughs> I'll let you do that in post. <laughs> you know I will. Um, yes, yeah, so he gets up on stage, looks across the crowds for rich, famous people. Denzel Washington's there as well. There's probably some other actors. I say Meryl's there, Leo. Yeah, the whole gang. Oh, so now we're in the present day. Well, I don't know. It's in some kind of vague thing. Okay. Meryl Streep's always going to be alive. True, true. Yeah, imagine the Oscar in memoriam when Meryl Streep dies. Oh, God. Like, I pity anyone else, any other celebrity who dies that year. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be like... <laughs> Like three minutes of just Meryl, and then just like, and all these people died too. Wow. And the Dalai Lama lad as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> so he gets up on stage and says, Welcome everyone to the opening of my latest project. It's taken six years, but we've come a long way from Johnny's suicide because of Lisa cheating on him. <laughs> as he sort of points to the, the robots on the side there. Yeah. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! 
I would now like to introduce you to our new updated models with updated scripts, acting abilities, and much more interactive stories. The curtain drops and reveals two robots, also frozen. One is a tall blonde lady who's reading a script as though she's auditioning, and the other is a well-kept man in a suit sat next to a piano. I give you La La Land. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was primed for the Truman Show. And the crowd erupts into applause. Okay. The lights dim, the robots start moving, Ryan Gosling starts playing City of Stars, and Emma Stone does her audition scene. This explains everything about La La Land, Vina. <laughs> does it? It really does. Of course they were robots. Yeah. yeah, that's why they couldn't sing. But I'm frankly feeling nothing. Is that so? Or it could be less than nothing. Or dance. That's what, their dancing was so robotic because they were <laughs> robots! Oh, this improves La La Land tenfold for me now. Oh, thank you. Oh, great. <laughs> and they don't really understand human emotions. That's why they're such dicks to each other. Got it. Okay. Sorry, continue. Yeah, thank you. That, that was amazing. <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> and so, Christoph comes back on. Once that scene's finished, Christoph comes back on and says, Patrons can play... You did it again! What is this Patrons thing? Patrons. So, Patrons can come into... Oi! <laughs> Saying it how it is. It's Nobody says Patrons. It's Patrons. Patrons. Well, it's, it sounds weird the way you say it. So, patrons come into this world. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Into this world of La La Land, and they can play any character they want, mm-hmm. apart from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, who are the mm-hmm. two, yeah, the main characters. Okay. So, like like I said before, anybody can be a director, they can be a screenwriter, they can be anything they want in this world. Mm-hmm. They can even be the guy cleaning the toilets. Okay. Yeah. Everybody laughs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you may be thinking, how will this make money? Well, not only will this be an attraction to crush Disneyland. Mm-hmm. The entire lives of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling will be televised 24 hours a day. Okay. So oh, that'd be dreary. <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the next morning, um, La La Land opens. Loads of people coming in. They're all playing all different parts. Like, it's not all parts going to different people. Like, maybe 50% of the people can be p- 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 patrons? Patrons. 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 Yeah. One day I'll get that right. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a massive hit on TV as well. In fact, in the first week, it has 500 million viewers. Okay. Which is, yeah, pretty good. Nice. So the weeks go on, stories repeat, but after a couple of months, uh, viewership's down. The marketing spend uh, to get people in is going up, and they're starting to make a massive loss. Uh-huh. It's not going very well at all. And so Denzel comes in, sits down with Christoph, and says, Right, look, you're taking billions of my money, and I'm not getting anything in return. So I want you to start again. I want a, I want a brand new idea, and I want I, I want bigger and better. Because otherwise, like, Big Daddy will pull out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Christoph's like, well, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Denzel says the problem with La La Land is it doesn't speak to enough people. We aren't all white people in the film industry. I want you to try something else. Okay. So the park shuts down. The mm-hmm. promise to open with a new story, mm-hmm. and a few months later, it's ready. You have another opening. Similar to before, Christoph reveals a story which will speak to so many people because of all the different topics it covers. New storyline is Moonlight. Ooh, okay. So, they do Moonlight. It plays out again, big opening week, and then an even bigger drop-off than before. Mm. Nobody likes this one. Too niche. Too, too niche, something. Mm. Denzel comes in again and says, Chris, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, it was just too depressing. No, nobody wanted to play it. Nobody can have fun in this world. <laughs> 
that's so true. What a miserable, depressing. Like that was an amazing <laughs> film. What a depressing game that would be. <laughs> <laughs> the game of repressed homosexuality and misery. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only man that's ever touched me. I'm the only one. I haven't really touched anyone since. So, what are we going to do? Well, TV viewership is, you know, it's down, but it's still better than any other show in history. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should concentrate on that. Take away the interactive part of it, just have actors instead. Okay. Make it much more simple. What about the star of the show? Who's this about? And what are they going to be doing? Well, I don't want it to be overcomplicated, so I think we should go for somebody who just lives their life. Mm-hmm. And then we have fast-forward effect through the entire Truman Show, mm-hmm. where we have... Christoph saying just live their life just live mm-hmm. their life just live their and that's happening okay and then we get to the closing scene Jim Carrey going and in case I don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night okay and yeah we cut to Christoph in his room and that bit where he slumps back on his chair and he's just like wow shit <laughs> so Denzel walks in looks directly at the camera goes my turn ooh cut to black ooh okay that's it building up for another sequel but Building up to something. We'll something. See. That was really good. See, you can never go wrong when you bring Big Daddy in. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one this week, wasn't it? That was, I really like that one. I, I, I have some questions. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, so, did they decide for Moonlight that just clearly just they shouldn't have any black people involved at all? Because one thing I did notice about the Truman Show is it is so white. It is, yeah. There's not a black guy or girl in that. There's like an Asian woman who is in the control room. Uh-huh. But there are no black faces or, or there's no multiculturalism in Sea Haven. Yeah, I realised this as I, as I was writing it as I was going to say like, well, it makes something that's a bit more sort of multicultural and I thought, wait a minute. The Truman Show is. And I'm sure, yeah. that's, a, I'm sure that's a choice in many ways but yeah, yeah. it is a white, white world that Isn't they live it? in. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yes, that kind of didn't, didn't really play for my idea so well, but yeah. I have to move past that. Yeah. Now, I love the idea that they went from La La Land to Moonlight and then landed yeah. on like just something as bland as the yeah. Truman Show world. That's really good. Well, keeping it simple. Just... Yeah, yeah don't, don't bring in too much jazz or, mm. you know, depression. Just bring mm-hmm. in, yeah. No, I like it. It's good. It's very, very good. Is Paul Giamatti in yours? No, no, I completely forgot about Paul Giamatti in this and... I didn't realise that he was in the film. Either. No, me too. It was one of my favourite things when he because re- he wasn't famous when yeah, he was. Yeah, and it was completely different to how he does in Sideways. So like, wait, is that? Yeah, yes, it is. Oh, yeah, right. I like that. He looks like he looks like twenty. Yeah, I like it when you see an actor who is who became famous later who isn't famous in a really nothingy role. Like, oh, mm. it's you in it, but you're not really doing anything. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, that was very very good. I enjoyed that a lot. All right. Well, what have you got for us? Then we talk about social this time. Okay, yes, yeah, so we, we do have some listener submissions. Ooh. Uh, we have our very loyal fans at the Blokebusters podcast, oh, at yeah. Blokebusters. I love those guys. Yep, so they have one about that takes place a week after the ending of the original movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman has to come to terms with having no real connections and trying to settle into the real world. Uh, the twist is he's not the first person this has happened to, just the most popular. Ah. So there are others still ongoing. Wait, other shows still successfully happening? Yeah, there are still other shows ongoing. Oh, interesting. Basically. Yeah. Maybe they all take place in Sea Haven. Maybe not. Now, one thing I did have an idea with while you were saying yours. Mm-hmm. What if they're in a world where there's the where there's multiple shows happening all at once? What yeah. if one or two of them are aware of each other, but they're not aware that they they themselves are in a show? So they think the other person is in a TV show, but they yeah. don't realize they are too. Yeah. Oh, that'll get very meta. Yeah, would, yeah. wouldn't it? That'd be good. It could get very complicated and twisty, but mm-hmm. that's no bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. So maybe we can move that in there. Yeah. So yeah, so that's one theme park films. Mm-hmm. which is another podcast, at Theme Park Films. So this is a spin-off 
And the real life characters who play Meryl and Marlon, uh, Marlon is his best friend. Mm-hmm. Meryl is oh, yeah. Laura Linney's character. Uh, the real life char- actors who play those characters go into hiding together because the public hates them after Truman does like a one-off exclusive interview. Mm. And they realise that the emotional damage they've caused him by deceiving him mm-hmm. through all these years. And because obviously Truman has a lot of fans, mm-hmm. one of these crazed fans goes after them. And there's a shock twist at the end where basically Marlon and... and Meryl end up being kidnapped and tied up in a ba- in this crazed fan's basement, and it's actually Truman who storms in and rescues them both. Ah. And so he, he he storms into this basement, unties them, leaves them sobbing on the floor, pleading for mercy as the police mm. are on the on their way. And he simply says, "In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night," and he just leaves them. <laughs> which, yeah, which I think is very good. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And yeah, that's it for uh, this week's submissions. Although, also, we did get some information from Is Not Radio. A little, uh, this is a little celebrity tidbit, a little bit, a little anecdote. Ooh. He heard our Gone Girl episode two weeks ago, oh, yeah. in which we had a little debate about the, mm-hmm. real, the real life height of fact of Elijah Wood. And he can confirm, having seen Elijah Wood in a restaurant, that he is very short. So there we go. <laughs> and also slightly weird. Slightly weird. Yeah. Apparently, he went to a restaurant. This is this is allegedly mm. allegedly. Mm. This is third hand information. But apparently he, basically, Elijah Wood was in a restaurant with two women, mm. just the three of them, and he made both women pay for everything in cash. <gasps> so, yeah, mm. not very gallant. No. So, yeah. Very strange. Mm. So, yeah, so Elijah Wood's short and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, um, but if you are listening, Elijah, we would love to get you on. We're big fans, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Bulk up, though, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the rock. That's what you should be aiming for. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's, that's our listener submissions this week. If you have any ideas for... Um, sequels you'd like to see to The Truman Show or The Room or anything else we've done in the past or anything you might want to see us do in the future get in touch with us we are Beyond the Box Set our website is beyondtheboxset.com you can find us on Twitter on Facebook and Instagram just search Beyond the Box Set and yeah get in touch and any good submissions we will give you a shout out on a future episode yeah so uh, it's your choice next week for a different movie it is yes I have a film what have you got for us so next week I thought I'd continue with kind of some high quality stuff I think we need a couple of palette cleansers after the room so right yeah and I've actually I've chosen another film that I've never seen oh. I actually think you might have seen this oh. one I, mean, I don't know I'm, I'm going to predict you'll have seen it uh-huh. but I thought it might be an interesting one it's... I'm going to predict I've not seen it okay maybe it's a Tom Hanks movie have we done a Tom Hanks movie yet I don't think we have. Oh, don't we have, have we? No, we haven't. So that felt like something we should do. Okay. So it's a Tom Hanks movie, which I've not seen, but it's one of those really famous ones. So I think, mm. and it's called Castaway. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Do you like it? Yeah. Cool. Are you happy with that? Uh, yeah. I'm good. Okay. So a warning for you, it finishes about halfway through the movie. It's got a very slow end. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we can, you know, you can choose when you want to set your sequel. Just say, have a, have a beer ready. Have a beer that's, ready. That's just my warning. <laughs> Is it a long one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well. That's my choice. Take it or leave it. Good one. So we'll be back next week with Castaway. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. All right. So yes, see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.